Blog Talk Radio. Why are you poets so fascinated with madmen? We have much in common. You both turn your backs on life. We both select from life. A man has to come to terms with life as it is. Life as it is. I've lived for over 40 years and I've seen... life as it is. Pain, misery, cruelty beyond belief. I've heard all the voices of God's noblest creature. Moans from bundles of filth in the streets. I've been a soldier and a slave. I've seen my comrades fall in battle or die more slowly under the lash in Africa. I've held them at the last moment. These were men who saw life as it is. Yet they died despairing. No glory, no brave last words. Only their eyes filled with confusion, questioning why. I do not think they were asking why they were dying, but why they had ever lived. And life itself seems lunatic. Who knows where madness lies? Perhaps to be too practical is madness. To surrender dreams, this may be madness. To seek treasure where there is only trash. Too much sanity may be madness. And maddest of all, to see life as it is, not as it should be. You're traveling to another radio show. A broadcast not only of sight and sound, but of mind, mind. A journey into the wondrous land whose boundaries are that of the imagination. imagination. That's the on-air sign up ahead. Your next stop, Afro-Nerd Radio. With your guides, Dee Bird, Captain Kirk, and on Grindhouse Saturdays, the uncanny Daryl D. And introducing West Coast correspondent, Miss Claire Linnae. Mind expansion engaged. was Afro Nerd playing? That was from the 1972 movie adaptation, Man of La Mancha. Man of La Mancha. That was a monologue by Peter O'Toole. 
the uh, great Peter O'Toole. And um, uh, Man of La Mancha is you know, essentially uh, an offshoot of Don Quixote. So, you know, you talk about the Spanish Inquisition, and um, I just thought that that particular monologue is profound, life as it is, not as it should be. Based on what happened last night, we'll get it in, folks, but for those people that are bellowing, I think they may want to revisit Peter O'Toole's monologue where he says, you know, essentially, this, you, know, you deal with life as it is versus life as it should be. Anyway, people, I'm your host. I forgot to mention that. <laughs> I'm your host, D. Burt, a.k.a. The Afro Nerd, and welcome to the latest installment of this dramatic saga called the Midweek in Review edition of Afro Nerd Radio. My co-discussants, one of them is here. I suspect the uncanny is forthcoming. Uh, you folks know the captain, Captain Kirk, and of course the uncanny Daryl B. So uh, I didn't hear that he, would, he wasn't coming. So anyway, meanwhile, we're going to go to a groove. You know the drill as far as the number. Feel free to call in with your questions and your, your thoughts, your musings. That's okay. 646 915 Again, 646-915-9620. And it has his own monologue, his own diatribe. So let's get to this herb alt groove. You know, that's a component, a spacely sprog. You know how that goes. This is, where, where should we go? I got a lot. Well, listen, we have a lot of music. Let's, let's go to a, let's go to a classic, and then we'll go into some new stuff. This is Howling Wolf. Now, we know Howling Wolf as the legendary blues artist, but this was, this was when these blues cats in the late 60s were being rediscovered by the young upstarts, the Eric Claptons of the world and the Jimi Hendrixes. And uh, they decided to, to make their sounds electric. So this is an electric version, electric guitar, psychedelic version of Howling Wolf's Built for Comfort. I'll give you about two and a half minutes. This is the, we're talking about the roots of the Afropunk movement, folks. We'll be right back. Let's groove. Because I'm built for common. I 
our scheme here, folks, giving you the best of urban alternative groove, black rock and roll. And I mean black rock and roll. That was the mighty howling wolf. I mean, it doesn't get any better. Built for comfort, people. That's the psychedelic electric version. I think around 68, 69 that cut came out. Um, and I think it fits in with today's culture because, you know, listen, we got a, an Afro-punk movement. Um, I know that if you go to Charlemagne and that crew, they're not going to let you know, but I will let you know. Anyway, um, let's just get into this. Captain, you're needed on the bridge of the Starship Discovery of all places. Let's get down. Let's get to it. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Now listen up, Mr. Captain speaking, as you already know. I'm going to explain to you via energy transfer why the white man runs the world, why the white man is in the driver's seat. I'm not going to talk about too much science with this, but it has to be some science with this. It has to be some, a little. Otherwise, you just think I'm just making it up. Got to come from somewhere. You understand? You need an authority figure to make you feel comfortable. In order for you to say, oh, okay, all right, all right, all right, you do not see the captain as an authority figure. So what I do when I say according to this, according to that, I bring an authority figure. You see? Real simple. Pay attention. 
and then I'll simplify it for you. The first law of thermodynamics, also known as law of conservation of energy. Now, this is not my words. These are these scientists. These are these eptards. You know, that's what they do all day long. Necessary, because science and mathematics is what pushes society along. But not my words. The first law of thermodynamics, also known as law of conservation of energy, states that energy can neither be created nor destroyed. Very important. Created nor destroyed. Energy can only be transferred or changed from one form to another. That statement has a lot of ramifications. Life after death stuff and all this other business. But that's by the by. For example, turning on a light would seem to produce energy. However, is electrical energy that is converted. Now you're starting to understand. Now, China, North Korea, all these other places that seem to be on the come up, which they are, they can say whatever they want. But they're reliant on something. What do they, what do they rely on? They still rely on oil. And what's interesting, some scientists say, some, some scientists say, that oil is actually an aerobotic. It's an aerobotic. Now, what is that? On the fossil fuel, some of them say that. It's abiotic. What is that? What does that term mean? What does that mean? It means, in simple terms, I'll keep it simple, the earth actually produces oil. Now, if that's true, if that's true, just because some scientists say it doesn't mean that it's true, but if that's true, Oil prices would have to drop. It's not limited anymore. See? That might be one of the biggest conspiracies. I don't know if it's true, but some scientists say that's true. Okay? Now, the next thing. Oil is traded in dollars. It's not traded in yen, rubles, you know, pesos. It's traded in dollars. So that means the great China. 1.4 billion, allegedly, my contacts tell me it's a lot more than that, but let's go by what they have on paper. All their energy, remember the law of conservation, I said, they're uplining to whoever's printing these dollars. Where's dollars printed? United States. And we could go further with that. You could say who owns the Federal Reserve, do certain families own the Federal Reserves and things of that nature? That's who's getting all that energy, allegedly. So it doesn't matter what China does. As long as oil is traded in dollars, they are the female dogs of the people who print that money because your energy is transferred over to get these dollars. Now, you still might not be getting it, all right? You still might not be getting it. Let's back up. Some of you, or probably even a lot of you, have went to HBCUs, college universities for the uninitiated. Uninitiated might not know, you know, what that is. I had someone actually ask me that, and they were a black person. <laughs> so, so let's not sleep. Let's not sleep on that, all right? You go to the school, right? But you never think about who makes the desk in the school. You never think about 
who publishes the books in the school. Okay? You never think about if you eat food in the cafeteria, that, you know. <clears throat> I might be showing my age. Do they still have cafeteria in these things? Well, anyway, that's by the by. <laughs> you never think who's actually doing that. Right? You never think about that. Who's the upline to that? The books and everything else. Well, it's probably someone who is white. So when you're studying in school, getting your degree, that energy, you realize that, that you know. You have to, get, you have to put energy. If you're lazy, you're not going to get it, whether it's e- easy or hard. If it's hard, you've got to put more energy. That energy that you're putting in goes somewhere. You understand? According to the law of conservation. It goes somewhere. And on the top of that tree is normally someone white. Now, here's the kicker. The tuition that you pay. You paying attention? That you give to university, college, technical school. They take that tuition and put it in a white bank. We spoke about the banking system. Certain families at the top of that control, own, we talked about all of that. You understand? Where's the, even the money go from the World Bank? Who's running that? You can follow that. They talk about World Bank in school, but they don't tell you. You have to, once you get out of school, you can follow the money trail. That's who's getting ultimate control. You still might not be getting it. Okay. Black Panther comes out, everybody's yay, 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 imagery. I explained to you what imagery does to you, which is a good thing. What it can do and what it won't do. All right? Marvel gave you Black Panther. All right? We We know what kind of company that is. We know that already. When you go to see Black Panther, your dollars that you worked for, all right? going to your job, getting your degrees, all of that. All that energy is put into that money, transferred. You go pay. Then that money, at the end of the day, of course, Marvel gets money, all right? Goes to Marvel. There's the transfer. Then it goes from Marvel into a white banking system. See how it works? Essence, we can jump up and down. We can get a little better infrastructure. We can hold on to the money longer, but they still got us. Because at the top of the infrastructure, is controlled by them. This is brilliant. I don't care what you say. You could be a dumb mf If you understand this and you could put yourself at the top, you're done. You're good. You're good. Your family is good. The family after them, so on and so on and so on and et cetera. Now, what does China have to do in order to break free? One or two things. Either they have to get off the dollar standard for oil, or they come with a technology because some scientists, not all, some scientists, not all, some scientists say the combustion engine has been outdated for like the last 60 years. That boiler you have in your house is outdated for the last 60 years. Even that stove you have in your house is outdated for the last 60 years. But If we're dealing with energy transfer, it's brilliant. Keep humans suppressed and oppressed. So what would China have to do if they can't get off 
the dollar standard. They have to come with technology where they do not need the oil. You understand? And then once that happens, of course, it'll probably lead to a war. That's what I would do if I was the United States. But if somehow they can win that war, all the rest of the countries start uplining to China. And you know what happens? You're going to have to learn Chinese, bro, at that point. Always remember, everything is energy in, energy out. That's it. Energy in, energy out. Why does a younger person heal faster than an older person? Real simple. They're more energetic, so their body can do more. You start to get older, things slow down. Less energy, less energy in the body. You're using it up. It's being transferred. It's going somewhere else. See the game? See the game. Real simple, not difficult. All right? Not a difficult thing. I didn't go too scientific on this. Real simple. I use analogies, things that you're used to. This is Afro-nerd, so most of you, you know, are proper Negroes. You went to school or some technical type of school. You got degrees, three, four degrees and things of that nature. You know about the energy you put into doing things. Some of you study martial arts. They'll tell you in martial arts about energy and focus. Some of you, the philosophers talk about energy focus. Talk about all this stuff. So it's not a foreign topic here. You understand? So... There you go. There you have it. Real simple. Just remember that. Energy in, energy out. Back over to you, Afro-Nerd. All right. Folks, as always, when you get to Afro-Nerd Radio, you get to the, the cosmic level, from what, from what you just heard from uh, the great Captain Kirk, uh, it all start, starts to make sense, doesn't it? Uh, I'm going to go in a, uh, pretty much in the same vein. Not so cosmic, but you'll get the you'll get the connection. That's why we work so well together. Um, and again, folks, feel free to buzz in. I see some callers are starting to show up. Six four six nine one five nine six two zero. Again, six four six nine one five ninety six twenty. This is a brief clip from the State of the Union. Pretty interesting. The Völkerstreit or the Hass untereinander. Er wird gepflegt von ganz bestimmten Interessenten. Es ist eine kleine Wurzel. Oh, <laughs> sorry about that. Made a slight mistake. I get confused sometimes. <laughs> I see. I see, man. Yo. <laughs> that was good. Anyway, it felt like it felt like uh, Hitler, didn't it? And that was Hitler, by the way. Um, well, again, let's get into this, people. Um, I, I I didn't want to see this thing, but I had to say that I had morbid curiosity. And that's exactly how I would describe this thing. I had morbid curiosity as to exactly what this person was going to say. Again, we're talking about the 45th president of the United States, Donald J. Trump, who actually was born and raised not that far from where we are broadcasting. That, that is the irony. You know, he's so far removed. He is a Queens, Jamaica Estates homeboy. So I'm talking about, uh, hell, the, the great Daryl B., I think, can walk or may, might have even, he could probably tell you he has walked past the family home if it's still there. I think it might still be there, actually. Anyway, um, so, so far, I mean, if, if anyone who's been looking at this thing, 
I will just tell you, and I've been saying this since since this gentleman and quotes presidency since the beginning of his administration that they are there are a number of things you can do to try to deal with this and it's pretty much why i played that opening clip from man from la mancha the peter old peter o'toole movie from 1972 you can deal with it as a as a as a fantasy and bluster and be mad and get into histrionics, or you could become more pragmatic and deal with it, deal with it as, as life as it is. Life as it is, not as it should be. I think there's too many folks that are getting caught up in the emotionalism of this. We, we have been here, especially as African Americans, we've actually dealt with worse. We have dealt with worse. Woodrow Wilson was president at one time also, and he said, birth of a nation, not the Nate Parker version. Oh, not the, the version that many black folks rejected, by the way, <laughs> that you actually needed. No, I'm talking about the, what is it, 1919, I think, is uh, D.W. Griffith's masterpiece. It, it, that's what it's called. He, pl- he thought it was the best thing since sliced bread. He deemed the Klansmen, in white actors in blackface, he deemed this a masterpiece, and he showed the film in the White House. So that's where you come from. So this should be, at the very least, a cakewalk. Uh, right off the bat, the first thing that I noticed was his reliance on going straight to the black people. Within within four minutes of his speech or less, he went straight to recent unemployment figures that assert, and I say, and I would think correctly, that at this point in time, the black unemployment rate is the lowest that it has been. I think. Uh, uh, of record. So that and also not that far behind are the, the, the Hispanic unemployment rate. So that's 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 one of the, the first things that he touted was that it's it's like maybe a fifty a fifty year low with the unemployment rate. Forty five, fifty year low. Now the figures that he was using are the same figures that President Barack Obama used. Now, when he was in office, President Trump was touting that, well, we're not really getting right the right figures. These figures are incorrect. The, the black unemployment rate is probably a whole lot worse. So in a matter of a year, the, the same math, everything's the same. I think it's the, what the Congressional Budget Office. They're the ones that come up with these figures. The, the math, the people, the institutions that derive these figures are the same. The only thing that's different is that he is in the same. He's in office a year post Barack Obama, President Barack Obama, and now he's saying that. It, 
under my under my tutelage, black and brown people are doing are doing better. He said that. Uh, well, really, he said it's the lowest that it has ever been recorded. And then he said that uh, college and, and and retirement savings and 401k that they're going through the roof. I mean, it, I mean, this person is. Listen, you, you have to understand something. He is a salesman. He's a master salesman. But a lot of this stuff is based on falsehood. I mean, if anything, these rates have have been precipitously going down since 2010. So, uh, the majority of the Obama administration, these rates, all these things that that are still happening happening favorably with with the financial markets, with the economy. I mean, we forget that we were losing hundreds of thousands of jobs a month. I think 800,000 jobs a month. We were losing. I mean, this, this is this, this, every major index, all these indices. This is not something that, we, that we're lying about. I mean, this is something you can look up. So I'm, I'm confused, and, and no one seems to be confronting him personally. Why is it all of a sudden the math is right for you a year later? The eight years that preceded your administration, we, 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 they, that was just a dream. So I find that disturbing. Perhaps the most, the most really disturbing thing was that he wants to double down on nuclear armaments. That he wants to upgrade nuclear armaments. I don't. I think we have what, like six thousand warheads or something to that effect. I mean, there's no there's no need for improvement. There, I mean, there's just no there's no room. There's no need. He wants billions of dollars producing and upgrading more nuclear weaponry for what? At at present, we have enough nuclear warheads to bomb out bomb out the planet 50 60 70 times over but he wants to double down on that it's a complete waste of money so that i found very just 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 what are we talking about we saw you saw the um the generals standing up so they're they're more than willing the the, mil- the military complex industrial complex is in full effect that this is just a complete waste of money it is doubling down on absurdity begrudgingly i will say as a conservative and i don't think what i know i'm donald trump isn't a conservative okay he's not um he's a barnum and bailey conservative if there there ever were one He's a showman. Weird hair. Oh, weird hair. Just a strange dude. You know, that's you know, what I mean, I, I, At times, you're a funny guy. But continue. Yeah. I'm fu- Listen, Captain, I could be a whole lot more funnier. I know, I, I, I know. After dark, after dark. After yeah, the, I yes, tone it I down. Know, I know. We got I tone it down. <laughs> yes. So, uh, I will say that when he started getting into MS-13 talk, and for those who are un- unknown, who, who are uh, unbeknownst to MS-13, we're talking about one of the most violent 
gangs in uh, Central, South America, and especially their encroachment in the last couple of years in North America, especially Long Island, again, in our haunting grounds where in recent years we've been seeing young black and brown people, mostly brown folks, but a few spatterings of black folks because, you know, listen, we're in the same neighborhoods, we're friends, some of us are family, all that kind of stuff. There's a kind of intermingling a little bit. Um, We're seeing young people, but mostly brown men, young men, finding bodies on top of bodies on top of bodies. So I think Trump, because again, specifically in New York and in the Long Island area, um, he's taken it personally. So uh, you saw how he was doubling down on on getting rid of these guys. And I think many of us who appall, I'm sorry, who who abhor violence, obviously are going to be about that. But he's he's conflating the immigration issue with the gang issue. Two different issues. But you see how this works. Everything is smoke and mirrors, but it's it's meant to appease his base. It's meant to appease uh, white nationalists. Let's just keep it 100. Get rid of these blacks. Get, get rid of these browns. Get rid of these protected classes. He, he made no mentioning. Uh, shout out to John Hutton, our uh, left coast friend. Washington's finest, Washington State. John Hutton had sent me a, t- uh, a tweet, and he reminded me that the the uh, the poor victim from the Charlottesville VA massacre from last year, Heather Hayer. Um, he didn't mention her. He had he touted he touted all of these victims, even with the 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 the, um, the parents. Of the two girls, speaking of uh, black victims under the MS-13, there were two little girls, again, just a few miles from where we are uh, broadcasting, that were tragically – I mean these are like 14, 15-year-old girls that were brutally mur- murdered, allegedly, by this gang. So he had – you know, we can appreciate their pain. We have empathy, but it's just interesting that that's not the only victim in ta- victims in town. That woman who was caught in the midst of this Nazi effery in Virginia, again, a college town, not really known for this kind of kind of stuff, there was no mentioning of her. So John Hutton reminded me, like, how do you get away with that? There's no mentioning of me, too, also. But listen, he's the, he's the not only the president of the United States, he's the president of the Me Too, <laughs> inadvertently. So... I mean, when you if you know, I can go back and forth with this thing. I mean, he's touting the uh, the tax cut bill that was successful. I mean, at least the passage of it. But um, you know, the the, the uh, Affordable Care Act, the mandate. Uh, he talked about reducing uh, prescription drugs. I don't know how that happens when you don't have any health insurance. I mean, some, again, it's just it's just cyclical things as a conservative that I would want to, I would want to hear. But this is just it is it's, it's a level of heartlessness. It's a level of evil. It is the comfort that these folks have in eschewing decency 
for the American populace. Now, what's going to be interesting, how, we have a mid- midterm elections coming, coming up. Will this translate? I mean, you, you have folks that uh, were, had a, lot, a great deal of approval from last night's State of the Union. I saw that the Congressional Black Caucus was in the House, uh, a, a number of them, not, not all of them, but there were several high-profile folks from the, from the uh, CBC, and they were wearing kente cloth, you know, whether they were kente cloth scarves or uh, ties. So that was kind of a, kind of a side-eye protest against the president. And also, you know, when you saw Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats, there was no smiles. Now, we're used to seeing this kind of gamesmanship. You know, when President Barack Obama was in that same position, we saw that the Republicans didn't crack a smile. But there was, if I remember, I didn't remember seeing any standing, completely like the, the look of someone like, we're going to get you. <laughs> That's what I saw. Amy, Amy Schumer's cousin, that's who he is, Chuck Schumer, our senator, he looked like, I'm going to get you. I'll say that much. I'm going to get you. And also, the, that, that, uh, the Kinty cloth that the, that the CBC were wearing, uh, that was also in deference to Trump's alleged shithole country's remarks. You know something's up when the Afro-Nerd has to recite uh, an expletive. He's brought us at the, in this space. I'm hearing people on conventional radio, not even serious, Captain. Serious is, a, serious is an adult um, extraterrestrial medium, so people are allowed to curse. But I'm hearing it on CNN, you know, though it's cable, but CNN and also early morning conventional FM channels. This is this is the this is where the the president has brought us. He's brought us to this space. So, folks are going to have to figure out infrastructure up. We've been saying this for a long time. Part of this machine, I'm going to be very succinct. I'm I'm a bit anal. <laughs> I'm a bit. I have OCD-ish. When we get the when we get the Patreon up, and it'll be up in under two weeks. Uh, it's not going to be – it's going to be very – very. That's just the way I am, and I'm, and I'm an honest person. I think, you, I think our listeners know that. I'm going to be very, very specific as to what and why we need this funding. This funding is not really about Afro Radio. It's about the development of alternative media. We're going to talk a little bit about – Black Panther later on, a little bit about Black Lightning. It's still a nerd-centric show. We, we do talk about current events. But we've got to be very clear that there is, is important. You see how, how desperate people of color, especially black people, are for respectful and honorable imagery, even if it's provided by the Disney Corporation. Let me repeat that. The captain said this too. Even if it's provided by the Disney Corporation. But it doesn't mean that we can't get some infrastructure, even if it's rudimentary infrastructure, off of what Black Panther means. And I'm going to be very specific about what 
how we intend to do that. There's, there's got to be a video component to this thing. We've got to get writers for AfroNerd, AfroNerd.com, that is. Um, things we've got to we've got to do, and we and we want to be uh, very very accurate in what we're providing to our audience. That and that and that it is alternative. You know, we're not really seeing the right people discussing the, these blurred things. Uh, we're talking about the branding of black intelligence, the 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 the, the, the dissemination of this alternative culture. Whether it's music, um, letting you know or inf- or informing you of music, of the comic books, you know, it, um, Lion Ford is in full effect. Our friend Joseph Illich, we have to be very specific about his product line and getting the listeners to go out there and to buy this stuff. You know, um, Reginald Hudlin follows us. I've been lazy about it, but that those days are over. He, he Milestone is coming back. You know, he seemed to be not joking when I when I talked about and we're gonna we're gonna open up the lines. When right, I spoke Apple, about hold on. Yeah. Right, hold on. Darrell was Darryl was trying to get in. He said he was having problem calling in. I don't know if anybody else was having problem calling in, but he said there seems to be a problem with the lines. I can see that we have some callers up right now. If any of you guys have any problems, you know, just put it in the chat room, see what's going on. All right. Back to you, Afternoon. Okay. Um Definitely. I'm just closing, closing up with this saying, and we, we mentioned this a few shows ago, that when the Lucas brothers, the comedic twins, uh, African-American twins who, who are comedians, and they proposed the notion of a type of black Hogwarts, you know, going to the minstrel, minstrel media, the niggerati, the neo-niggerati, they could care less about this stuff. They're going to inform you about the latest Real, House, Real Housewives storyline. Where do you go to find out all these other things that are going on? Where do you go? So we are literally talking about the development of alternative media, and it's, go, it's going to cost you know, some money, and, it's go, it's go, and we need your assistance on that. So I'll be very, very specific about what we need to get this thing on and running. The time is now. And, it, and again, all I saw with Trump yesterday is black and brown folks, if we could do some quote-unquote, I, like, I don't like the term, but if we could do some intersectionality, that's fine. But at, at, the very, at the very least, we have to be less concerned about things being exactly like everybody else and being exactly perfect and more about getting it up first. My father used to say, you got to get there first. Matter of fact, um, one of my best friends who's been on the show quite a few times, Nemesis, a retired police officer, he would remind me of what the, <laughs> of what the oracle would say. My, my friend would remind me of what my father would say. He would say, your dad would always tell, tell me or us together, you got to get there first. You got to get there first. And that's exactly what we're talking about with this Afro nerd media machine. I'm, I am extremely frustrated that there are scientific achievements there are scholastic achievements. There are things in the nerd space. There, there are, there's, there's, there's positive information that's just not being reported. It, that we're stuck on stupid. And it, it is a glaring omission, Captain. It is a glaring omission. And those days have to stop, but we have to, we have to get there first with some kind of rudimentary 
media operation. And that's what Afro Nerd is going to represent. So when the P- Patreon comes up, I would advise our listenership, if you, if you can spare what you can spare, let's get, a, let's get it popping. Let's get a video component. Let's do it the right way. Anyway, let's go to the, let's go to the lines. Let's go to the phones. Um, 314, welcome to the midweek. Tell us who you are and where you're calling from. Calling from the Midwest, a black hey, man. staunch supporter and voter of Donald Trump. How's it going, and sir? And proud to Go say ahead. so. Absolutely. <laughs> Go ahead. And you know, here's another thing. Yeah, unemployment might have been going down, but it took a nosedive when Donald Trump. It's like a submarine did not want to be detected and nosedive. When Disney, as you mentioned, with their influence with Black Panther and the bonuses that they're giving, along with the other 130-some-odd corporation and still climbing, trickle down. I wish somebody trickled down $2,500 in my pocket, but uh, that's much to be said. <clears throat> but no, it's a lot of good things coming out of this. Uh, the infrastructure, of course, a lot of that's going to be on the back of the states because uh you can't depend on the federal government to do everything. I'm happy that the mandate is gone. Who do you think, man, that you're going to make people get involved in something like that? What about in the Constitution or the Holy Bible? Does it say that federal government is supposed to be responsible for making people get involved in commercial insurance? It ain't there. And young people, young adults families will be able to keep that money in their pocket. You know, young people think they're invincible anyway and uh, they'll be able to pay for down payments on their house, save for their children to go to college and with the release of the 529 plan where you can use it from kindergarten to through college rather than just college, that's a good thing. And all we need now is uh, school choice with full vouchers and I hope that is something that's included in the budget. Now, granted, as far as I'm concerned personally, Afro Nerd, it don't affect me. It don't affect me one bit. I've been very blessed, came from a blessed family in the high percentiles. We're not in the half a percent, but uh we there. But I do have some concern when I go to fast food restaurants and I see all black kids in there working. It kinda bothers me. And like uh, Monday, I took a Senegalese merchant to the gun range because some hoodies came in and shot him three times. He wanted to learn how to shoot so he could defend himself. He's black as Wesley Snipes. And I taught him. And I'm going to take him a couple more times until he's accurate with his gun. So, no, it's good things coming out of this administration. I've been around a long time. I have never seen a president that stick to the guns, especially the issues that they put forth in the town hall meetings and rally. I attended one here in St. Louis, and no, I don't have rope burns on my neck where I was lynched. Anyway, I just wanted to put that out there. And you know, you may mention about the content and you making your own movies and your series. Black's got a lot of content. They just need to do it. I think I've called it in your program in the past when you had that is a subject matter on doing such things. Your comment, please, sir. Well, listen, I, I, 
I appreciate your opinion. I'm not I'm not really a fan of President Trump. Um, but I, I, I think you and I could come to a conclusion. You're going to go one way. I'm going to go the other way. And I think we're still going to come in the same the same place. My issue really is uh, I do think that black folks, by and large, should be should be less reliant on the government, because uh, even if the, even if the, the um, Democrats or the liberals are right when it comes down to the history. So I'm, I'm, I'm into scholarship. So when they do talk about certain facts and about the historical record, I'm not going to discount the historical record. But my issue is, while you wait for white people to apologize to you, and I don't think that apology is coming, figure out a way to develop a rudimentary infrastructure. And I think you might agree with me on that. When we had, I do. Uh, Jim, when we had Jim Crow, we, when, we had, when it was far worse our family structure was together. Matter of fact, our family structure, the indices showed that in, in many points they surpassed whites. And like in 1945, 1950, black couples were a couple of percentage points above white couples when it came down to uh, the, the conventional traditional family. And then 15 years later, everything went off the rails. You know, even when. Well, you know what? When you look at Jamaica Queens, Jamaicans and Jamaica Queens have a higher household income than whites, and also Nigerians do. We mentioned that. And you know what? Hold on one second. Hold on. I I mentioned that a few weeks ago. We don't really give out incorrect information. If we do, we come, we follow up and say, okay, we misspoke. But by and large, Mm -hmm. I had said because we're we're in the area, and Mm -hmm. uh, my co-discussant, co-discussants are both of Caribbean extraction. So it is interesting that salary-wise, in Queens specifically, the Caribbean, the Caribbean Americans actually make more than white Americans in Queens specifically. So, uh, and, and no one talks, and no one talks about that many of the uh, of the of the uh, Africans and Caribbeans are probably not that democratic, like African Americans. But the only problem is that some of the newer Black immigrants, some of them, who are not, who may not be necessarily educated in African American history, they may not be aware that Black folks were actually tracking in a certain way. I should say, Black Americans were tracking in a certain way when we were Republicans and and before the Civil Rights Movement. That even Dr. King has said that he may have led his people into a burning house. That he didn't because we 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 were so interested in trying to be up under white people physically that it should have been more of a concern of of civil rights for our finances that and that's what but but that doesn't discount that this man does not have the comportment to be president that he's not that that barack obama you can say what you want to say about him, he was an elegant class act and this guy comes in and he 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 kind of gives you the impression well it doesn't kind of he gives you the impression that white mediocrity is okay but my think my thinking is, whatever goes down, black folks going to figure out to get get together with a rudimentary infrastructure. We had a rudimentary in- infrastructure seventy years ago. Now we don't know how to do that. Well, you that, know that's what? what I, that's where I'm coming from. When you say black folks are going to have to get together, this has to be better clarified. Black people black with America. like minds and concerns, black Americans with like minds and concerns will come together. Those who don't have the concerns of others will not. It's not going to happen. It doesn't happen to any phenotype. And I'm sorry. 
But the, in my family, you, never did depend on whites. I don't know where people get this stuff from. But, uh, but we you never looked admit, at it as being under. But you have hmm? to admit for this. And time, I got one more this, thing to say before I hang I'll, up too. I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you. One thing. But we must admit mm-hmm. that when he when he goes into doubling and tripling down on nuclear armaments, that is that is a quagmire wrapped in a conundrum, slathered with Rubik's cube sauce. It is it is it is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, he this man what? can barely speak the English language. He's not a, he's not he's, he, his verbiage is off. He's he proves white mediocrity. That's what that much I think we could agree on. He's well, the nat- nuclear weapons, <clears throat> nuclear weapons, and all weapons have to be kept abreast of the situation he wants to upgrade, that they're in. Sir. He wants to upgrade. They have to be. <laughs> well, they do have to be upgrade because the systems on, that man. control nuclear Wait. weapon and 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 their ballistics and also their trajectory has changed. So they do have to be upgraded. I mean, you're you, you're a military personnel and also manufacturers like Boeing and General Dynamics would tell you that. But anyway, I'm gonna I don't wanna go on and on. I'm gonna yeah. tell you this though. Yeah. You mentioned about Kenty Claus. That wasn't Kenty Claus. That was Chinese print that they had okay. around their neck. All right. I'm not going I'm not, <laughs> I'll I'm talk not to you later. Here. And right. I know Kenty Claus because my wife is is Ghanaian. Thank you very much. All right, as always, appreciate it. Let's go to the <laughs> let's go to the DMV. I let him cut I let him cut loose. <laughs> yeah, it's always interesting. He don't. Always he doesn't give a damn. He doesn't give a damn about you know. He listen, hey, I don't agree. <laughs> I, I, listen, I don't agree. I don't agree. I, I still think we can come to the same conclusion. Black folks, listen. These, these you have nationalists that not they're not going to give you your slavery apology. Yvette Carnell and Tone Talks, Antonio Moore, those guys. I, listen, I respect them. I respect their their uh, scholarship. <laughs> But they have a little bit of this waiting for uh, reparations and waiting for a white apology, and it's never going to happen. But while you wait, while you wait, you may want to get your Patreon page up. You may want to try to see if you get a storefront. You may want to you may want to share your money, uh, you know, with other black folks or or um, do what everybody else is doing. You know, circulate your money. Seven hundred three. All right, DMV. Seven hundred three. Hello, everybody. It's Spice of the Life. How you gentlemen doing? Pretty good, man. How you going? How How's you? it doing? All right. Your boy. Man, y'all perk up, out. man. Y'all, I, guess, I guess I should stop calling those. Y'all don't sound excited anymore. I'm, maybe I should cut back. <laughs> hey, um, well, not at all. Hey, hey, one day, hey, one day, Captain, when you do your, um, when you do your um, opening remarks, man, I'm going to have my thesaurus open. Next time, because you you, you dive, you go into the deep end of the pool. Uh, a quick thing on HBCU. You know I was going to push back on that a little bit, but when a lot of them started, there are many that are called A&M colleges, mm-hmm. agriculture and mechanical college. A lot of them were basically built around yes. farms. And That's true. That is true. And that a lot true. of them had black banks, and you know, you know, of course, a lot of that them is true. moved from that. But a lot of it was almost like a closed ecosystem. Um, you know, correct. in regards because they were they were black schools, so um, that's a little aside to that. And I'm, I'm glad to follow the gentleman who, who called early because it one it shows we're not monolithic. That's true. And I can respect his opinion. Do I agree with all of it? No, but I can respect it. And as someone, I don't give too much of who I am. Eventually, when I meet you, gentlemen, I can go a little further. Let's just say I'm in a company that deals with manufacturing 
and it's a, a black-owned company and veterans-owned. So I have little working knowledge of the infrastructure bill. Um, he wants the government, how it's laid out is $200 billion from the government will be matched by the private sector, and that's where the number of a trillion and a half is going to come from. Businesses aren't going to work like that. you got to have a revenue. There has to be a revenue, an end revenue. I know, Deeper, I think you're in the financials in some form or fashion. True. Oh, yeah, of course. Business has got to make money. So um, fixing roads, if Company X comes in to, say, lay a new highway in the Bronx, you know they're not gonna. They don't want an IOU. They want. They need to pay contractors. They need to pay engineers. They need to pay pavers. They gotta pay the union because New York has a, a unionized workforce. So the the, um, the 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 profitability margin is is probably thinner than in you know um, right to work states in the South. So I think the infrastructure is gonna be hard. That's gonna be a harder thing to get over the, to get over the mountain right now. I think if you, you if there's something is focused on like infrastructure is a broad thing. Infrastructures, roads, bridges, ports, railways, all like that. If you can say, okay, we're going to fix all highways in the eastern seaboard, and after that is done, then you move on. I think something like that is attainable because if someone, I mean, and and you all know this, when you just drive around a lot of parts, especially in the east. The infrastructure just shot the hell. Oh man! I mean, it's just bad. I mean, you just you know, graffiti everywhere, rust everywhere. Um, and what, I just, wasn't it, I wasn't I, it in I, Michigan? I, wasn't it in Michigan a few years ago uh, during President Obama's administration that a bridge literally fell? I think a couple. I know one did in Minnesota. I remember that. Maybe it was Minnesota. Maybe it was that. When and people cars were driving across. Yeah, it was frightening. And and this is this is the generalization of what I've heard. I mean, this is the crux of what I've heard. Basically, and you know this, Deeper, businesses have been sitting on profits since 2008. The amount of money, especially American businesses, have been because what has happened, the American workforce has changed. You know, unless you are the CEO, no one, everybody doesn't have a secretary anymore. So basically, one person is doing a job of three. So everybody is lean. You know, I'm sure you probably do the lean six sigma thing, of course. So everyone is lean, and they're beholden to their stockholders. So American business has been sitting on a lot of money. And like what you said, everything now, Trump owns everything after October 1st, 2017. That's when his budget took over. That's when the the government fiscal year change. So you telling me Trump is going to take um, credit for something that's happened in the last three and a half, four months? Business doesn't turn around that fast. Exactly. But like you said earlier, like you said, he's a, he's a snake oil. He's a he's a salesman, and people are buying it. <laughs> but well, but you know this. this I know this. American businesses have been sitting on money for at least seven years. And now just sort of semi being released, but what no one's telling you, and you know this, in regards to jobs, Uber isn't a job. I mean, people are working at Uber, delivering pizzas, um, delivering groceries, and all that, and, they, and they're counting that as jobs. That those aren't jobs. Those aren't full time, well paying jobs. 
Well, let, let me say this quickly. I'm going to bring in Q Storm. I think I think I think I see Q Storm's um, number. Um, I, I would think. Yeah, I know he's you know, he's foaming. Uh, my <laughs> thing is this: uh, black folks, at the very least, we need to start, and I think it's actually happening on a certain level, because uh, with us, it, it appears that we have to be put up against a wall, uh, the point of no return, like an addict, in order to say, okay, we have no choice. We have no choice. When, when during segregation, we had no choice. You had people. You had to go to a black plumber, a black clean, a, a black doctor. You had you had to do that. And we're at the point now where you know I, it, it really struck me recently with my parents' own insurance claim. You know, I had said that uh, a, a driver struck their yard, and I had to kind of intercede in that to, to make sure that the insurance was being handled properly. But uh, when it came down to getting folks to repair some stuff. Uh, we, there's a gentleman that we use who's of Indian extraction, and um, you know, right away when it was something else that had to be done, some kind of mortar, mortar, brick and mortar work, uh, he went to another Indian dude. And I sat there and I looked at this thing. I said, "Wow, you know, we we used to do that, and we're the only culture, Black Americans specifically." Where we're actually dissuaded from using your, your your own people to do certain things, we're caught up in we got to bring some white man in to 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 repair. Now my now my father, you know, we do at least fifty percent of the time. We're half conscious. In other words, we do try when we can to get black men specifically and you know folks of color. We try to keep things in the family. But I will say that, uh, and also my familiarity with working with folks who are of Jewish descent, uh, they make sure, like, I've seen it in my face on multiple tier levels. That money, I mean, I see it in my, I've seen it in my face for years now, having worked with those of Jewish descent, that they have no qualms with going to a Jewish attorney, going to a Jewish doctor, going to a Jewish insurance broker. I mean, all in, all in the same incident. One event can occur, and there's at least five or more people of Jewish descent that are, that are involved with money transactions. Black folks, don't ha- Black folks don't do that. And it doesn't mean we have to be exactly on their level. But if, but in spite of what's going on and people being angry and and hissing about the white nationalism that we're seeing coming out of the out of the Trump administration, a, a great deal of our issues would dissipate. Not everything would go away, but a, a large chunk of our issues would dissipate if we would actually be able to conduct some business together. Just doing that, we don't even we don't even do that. Anyway. Indeed, but in New York, aren't a lot of the um, unions sort of well, hostile to blacks and make you know they'll make it good for Italians and Irish and that sort of thing, and they sort of a lot of racism toward blacks like electricians and that sort of thing. Is that still I'm, in New York? I've heard of that. I've read about. You got that. some. You definitely have some of that. It's not as strong as it used to be. It's a lot more covert. It used to be very, very overt. You know, it's a lot more covert, but it's there. It's definitely there. 
I know a little something about those unions. <laughs> it's definitely there. You know, when they see the black guy doing his own independent thing and he starts to come up, it's a, it's a little side-eye thing going on with it. And he has to go another way in order to stay there. They cut him out of contracts and things of that nature. You know, but it used to be a lot worse. Well, listen, no one's, going, you, no one's going to, going to disagree or discount that you have, you have antagonism, outright antagonism to black folks doing certain things. But there are still some things that we just do not do on a very basic level, like little things we could do uh, and then build up on top of that. I remember this being a little kid. When I was a little kid, I, I remember still seeing – for instance, because, my, because the Oracle was involved because uh, he had since retired from, from the hair care industry. Um, I, I saw, uh, for instance, newbies, newbies, the, the, this family in Long Island, um, they had a, a, a fair share. They were multimillionaires in black hair care specifically. I forgot the name. What was, what was the guys out of Chicago? Sergio were probably that, that were also millionaires from black hair care. Um, there, there were a few big hair care uh, black people, and now we have Asian folks involved in that. So, I mean, you know, you have na- you have the, the resurgence or the um, the burgeoning natural hair care, while black folks gonna let that go too. You know what I mean? It, it's a little bit more complicated than just sitting there and just saying the white man's got his foot on my neck. Anyway, let's go to Q Storm. Red shirts in the house. Red hey. shirts podcast, and of course, uh, podcastjuice.net. Hey, Q, what's up? You know, I'm not sure which pisses me off more. Uh, Trump's speech last night or that lame CGI in that clip they released of the Black Panther movie. Oh, don't mess, don't, don't mess with me. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying. I'm preparing you for both, brother. I'm preparing you well, for listen, both. We, we, we'll, we'll talk about that in a few, a few seconds. We'll, we'll keep you on to talk about that. But I'm hearing stellar and majest, majestic. I'm not hearing a lot of effery from this thing. Go ahead. Well, I wanted to. My comments were about Trump. I don't know if you want to move on from that. I, I can be Go brief. Ahead. Go ahead. Go um, ahead. Put aside what you all have said that job numbers, uh, job, unemployment going down, Trump will take credit for that when we know that's not true. Uh, maybe he could take credit for the Dow going up because that's all speculative. Um, but putting all that aside, okay, tax cuts. Business businesses are getting uh, are putting money back into business, and the middle class is seeing uh, more money in their pocket. Despite the fact that the middle class tax cuts are going to go away, but corporate tax cuts are going to be permanent. Let's put all that aside. Economy's booming, but here's my thing: at at what cost are at what cost are we willing to to uh, to congratulate ourselves and pat ourselves on the back? This country. This country has put a cost on what it is. They put a cost on what it would take to lose our morals, our values, <clears throat> our beliefs, and what makes this country the country that it is. We, we now see what the price is, um, and, and that really angers me. It, I mean, it, it, it really – you know, I was raised that you <clears> – <throat> I was raised as a man to mean what you say, say what you mean. Uh, you put your best foot forward. You give your best impression, 
you have an education, you make your own way, you're fearless for the most part. And this administration now, they they are doing, they are slapping my parents and my grandparents and my grandparents' parents in the face with how they just do away with everything that I've been told that we should be as people in this country. And for me, I mean, I'm being melodramatic, but for me, the core of it is that's what really pisses me off, that these people, these, I'll say it, Republicans, are willing to put a price. They've shown us what the price is uh, that they are willing to pay uh, for, uh, to to say that the economy is doing good and, and things are turning around. They put a price on They've sold their souls. And I'm being melodramatic, but, you know, it is what it is. Well, look, I'm going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to have to be blunt with you again, and this is, and I have to be specific because I don't want people to think I'm like some, you know, uh, some heartless person. Um, QDs are crackers. <laughs> this is what it is. Okay. Now I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about, I got to be remindful. I'm not talking about progressive, oh, progressive, evolved. I got to do, I got to do like Char- Charlemagne. I'm not talking about progressive, evolved, uh, white human beings. You know, I, I don't even like discussing color because I think it's beneath me. But I, we're in this space now. It's not even about color. But some people are still, ooh, boogity boogity, there's a black person. Ooh, boogity boogity, there's a, it's a brown person. Some people think on that level. They, they're crazy people. Okay? John Hutton from the, from the West Coast, a, a man of Caucasian descent <laughs> who listens to our show. This is, an, this is an evolved progressive white man. Because he, he he he's he has, he's comfortable here. It's no it's no big no one gives a damn. Okay, he's not the problem. We have other white listeners. People of all ethnicities are listening to this show. Yeah, and, and ethnicity John, may not even matter because there was a caller in earlier. He didn't sound. I don't think he was white. I was well, true but too. Because, because, I'd rather hang that. with John Hutton than that cat. Of course, John Hutton is John Hutton is down. There's a lot of down. There's always been down people. It's not this, but we are talking about a specific white nationalist. That and John is and listen again. I told you John was the one who reminded me of the white sister that lost her life from the Nazis in Virginia. He did not have any mentioning of that. This man was equivocating on Nazis and uh, the uh, Atifa for, for people who are logical and are about progress. Listen, John Hutton's looking at Black Lightning. Okay, we you know, we all of us are like we we're, we're geeks. Nobody cares about this color ish. I thought I thought I thought we were going into the future. This is not what was going on. Okay? But we're talking about these nationalists do not want to they don't want to move forward. They're, they got the boogity boogity problems, man. They got they got issues. And and when Trump speaks he makes them feel better. And you don't have to deal with that. He's a liar. Well, yeah, just, well, I, now, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a product of the media. This is my career. But the fact that we are still, that everyone is still saying, well, that was a pretty decent speech. Yeah, we, we've <laughs> been here before. David, Dave Durbin has been there before. When, when Trump says one thing and then you, you confront him with it. And all of a sudden, he 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 re-steps, retraces his steps. He's a liar. 
Listen, we, how, we, does anyone, we, how does anyone stand up and applaud for a liar and someone who will dis, uh, disrespect your women? Listen, what, what's, well, listen, that's the way it is. It's been that way for a minute, but now, now they're in control. You, you think Obama can have an affair with a porn star and listen, we, know, we still have listen, him for eight years? Listen, listen Q. We can't get into the into the histrionics and um, this is what we do. We get emotional. I'm not getting emotional. Getting, well, well, you, well, listen. We're, I'm talking about in general. We're getting emotional without getting strategic. Okay, the people that are down, you you coalesce with them, and you strategize. But I, again, while all this is going on, it's not stopping you from, and I'm su- suspect you're doing anyway. Uh, the captain and myself and, and, and the Uncanny, we, we went to the Black Comic Festival. There's Jamie Broadnax and her crew. There's a whole bunch of people, Universal Con. There are things going on even in the, in the nerd space. Fan bros. There's, and I mean, this, this is just us. This Black Panther thing, I think, I think it, it is a very good thing. I'm hearing people like John Campia. Even John Campia is, is, is as a white man, and I hate to keep on prefacing it that way, but we're talking about it uh, for specificity. He says... He, tell, he, he, he said something like, for, for us pasties. You have people that are getting real, they're getting real grimy now. He said, for, you pay, for us pasty white men, this is what, I'm paraphrasing what he said. He said uh, he's getting emails about Black Panther and white people are saying, well, why are people making a big deal and this, that, and the other? He went and said, listen, but he's also married to a woman of Asian descent. He says uh, he went through the litany of Marvel movies that starred white males. He said, you can't have 10 white male movies and then expect black folks not to get excited for the one. I appreciate what he said. He kicked it. Not everybody is crazy. But right now, Trump has the microphone because there's a segment of the population that are down with absurdity. They're down with things not being factual. They're down with lying. We've, we heard about, as, as blacks, when we were enslaved, as Africans, when we were enslaved, uh, our Native American brethren. They were the ones that learned this early on when they lost Manhattan Island for a few shekels. They said the white man speak with forked tongue. Now you see, his, you see uh, his, his, that white man's nephew is the president of the United States. That's the way they want it. They're comfortable with this lout running the country. You black, brown, and progressive white man and yellow man and woman, you're going to have to figure out how to deal around him. Listen, we dealt around crazy white people when we were enslaved. This is a cakewalk. Negro spirituals, you have the internet now. There's no excuse. We learned how to deal with crazy white people, which was absolute madness. You have to understand where we come from. We, we dealt with absolute madness on how to get around. We knew, we knew coded language. We were masterful with it. Mary Bowser, you should get the yes. book about her, who had the eidetic memory, who was, a, who was a spy for the Union Army. Under Jefferson, under Jefferson Davis, the Confederate president, she had that, yes, sir, boss. Yes, sir, boss. She, was, she clowned him while she was taking notes. Q, you should be taking notes. That's what I'm saying. Don't don't get mad, get even, get intelligent, and work with your brothers and sisters. That's what I'm thinking. Time to get busy. The pressure's on right now. I'm not even, I'm not even really worried about Trump. I'm worried about what are we going to do in spite of Trump. Because you see, 
They don't care about you. They never did. Now they feel they feel comfortable about it. You know what, what you have a problem with? You have a problem with them, uh, them reciting and espousing and exclaiming their comfort that they don't like you. I don't, I don't want to be loved by these people. So I can give two shits. I hate to be blunt, but that's how I, folks, I apologize. I had to be blunt. I don't care. We have to work together. We have to work together, Q. The devil is on his throne, my brother. And he is red. Well, you know, I hear what you're saying, but uh, and I, I agree with you, but end of the day, you know, if he can get, if he can, when ICE comes knocking at their door and they're done, and they're done with them, they might want to come after us. Only so much we can do. You know, I, I've got a few little friends around here, but I don't know how long it's going to hold them off. And I have to say, even I, I'm going to allow myself an expletive here and there because uh, I enjoy when John McWhorter and Glenn Lowry, when they curse, those guys have an excellent vocabulary. But every once in a while, they'll cut loose. It sounds like uh, a, a Miles Davis horn blast, I'm just saying. Anyway, <laughs> hold on, Q. We're going, to get, we're going to go to a quick groove. That's what we do here. Um, I, want to hold you, I want you to hold on because we are going to get into some Black Lightning and some Black Panther, for, uh, Black, Black Panther talk. Um, damn, I wish that I know Daryl was trying to get in, man. I really wanted to get his opinion on some of this stuff. Um, I'll see if I can if I can actually get him in. I'll, I'll, I'll try to link with him in a minute. Let's go to a, um, this is a different rendition of Redbone by Chris McClenny. Chris McClenny, Redbone, Charles Gambino. It's his cover. Give me about two minutes. We'll be right back. Let me try to get Daryl. Hold on. Feeling like you won't play right I used to know but now that just don't feel right It made me put away my pride Oh, 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 oh Peanut butter chocolate cup with Kool-Aid 
Grammys, folks, but this is the cover of Childish Gambino, Donna Glo- Donald Glover. Again, this is uh, actually Chris McClenny, Redbone, his rendition. I kind of like the groove. It's a little bit more upbeat, maybe not as soulful as the original, but I kind of kind of sort of dig it. Anyway, folks, this is the Midweek in Review edition of Afternoon featuring Captain Kirk. Um, 646-915-9620. Again, 646-915-9620. All right, um... Let's get into this. I had the uh, great Q storm on hold. No, actually, uh, what happened to the captain? <laughs> now the captain is 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 uh, persona non grata. I was going to ask him to, to help me get Daryl on. Okay. Anyway, I'm pretty sure he'll call that. Is, is, captain, is captain a dreamer? <laughs> no, I think he's in good shape. <laughs> I think he's okay. I think he's okay. Oh wait, my here here he is. Uh, something's going on because he just he just snapped off. Cap. Can you can you contact because uh, I can't seem to get Daryl. It seems like I can call him. So if you can t- if you could like connect with him and tell him to give me what number what number he wants, I can I can call him in or or you know cue him in. I can call him. I don't know if we're gonna be able to get him now, but I, I'll give it a try. Yeah, it's, right. just tell the cell or the or his home number, whatever. All right. Okay. Um. Okay, so you you didn't like because I know that um, I believe Jimmy Kimmel was interviewing Chadwick Boseman, and he showed a little bit of a clip of uh, a fight scene between I believe uh, the Panther and uh, the what is it the Gold Leopard or something I think that might be his and I know it's Killmonger but I think he's going by some other nomenclature. It looked it, it did look a little wonky. The, jag, I, the Jaguar. I, the thank you the Jaguar. Um, listen, I'm not going to say anything until I physically see the film. Some of the stuff might not translate well when it's like, you know, being shown, you know, weeks before the film is actually being released. Everyone else that I've been hearing from seems to be really on some kind of high after seeing this movie. I mean, unless they're just saying we're going to like it in spite of itself, which could be, which could be a possibility. But for those who 
are aware of the embargo. Um, they can't really say, and I don't really want to hear too much, but at least they're saying that the quality was there, that it's a game changer. Uh, Mark Bernadine, I think is his name, the gentleman from uh, Fat Man on Batman, uh, his compatriot of, uh, of Kevin Smith, he said it was majestic. So I'm hearing nothing but positive. Matter of fact, John Campia, a game from his own imprint, formerly of Collider, he had said uh, he thought that it, initially he was looking at a $120 million first weekend box office takedown. He has since revised it and said, you know what? This might be around $150 million domestically first week for North America. So I don't know, Hugh. I'm not prepared to take a dump on it. Claims, not- claims, claims, claims. <laughs> hey, I got to see it. Oh, go ahead. I, I, I uh, was on Facebook talking about, look, I do not want to dislike this movie. It will hurt me to my heart if I don't like this movie. I'm just saying. The clip that I saw, the trailers, all the trailers have been dope. All the trailers have been dope. But this clip that I saw, I'm like, what is it 2002? What computers are y'all using? You know, I just, I hope that was not a finished rendering. But they, if they come with that, they, people know you can't come with some fake CGI. Nowadays, you can't do it. You know, we got dinosaurs running around. <laughs> so you, you, you that better, that better be Marvel. What's that now? This is Marvel. You think they're going to have a half-assed effects in a movie? Come on. Did you see that? Did you see the clip? Yes, sir. Okay. Well, we let's bring Sergio in. Let's, let's bring let's bring in a cinephile that I think might have actually seen it. I, I must say, please do not urinate on my parade, Sergio, or tell me too much. Keep it close to the. I know you're a professional. I don't think you've seen it yet. I don't think you've seen, seen it yet. I haven't seen oh, it yet. Yeah. Oh, I won't see it until. <laughs> I wanted uh, you. To, I wanted you uh, to see it. <laughs> I won't see it until a week after next. But oh, I'll still see it before okay. it comes out. But I, I haven't seen it now. Yeah. Well, you heard uh, stuff, I do know though. the movie's 134 minutes. I know that. That's pretty long. Okay. Uh, that no, sounds about right for a Marvel movie. That sounds about right. Um, I hear the last hour is really extraordinary of the movie. Yeah, well, I, see, see what I mean? It's too, relax. Relax. We're in good shape. Come I on. Hear, this is what I have read. First of all, first of all, an embargo is. I don't know why the studios still, still insist on this embargo nonsense. Because with social media and everything, you know, when the film, when they had the premiere in L.A. last week, everybody was tweeting about it. There are people writing about it. There are no official reviews, but it's ridiculous to say, well, you can't print anything until next week. That is that is absurd. You know. Uh, and and if you got a hit movie, why don't you want the word to get out as early as possible? Instead of telling people, no, you can't talk about it. But that's what I hear. I hear, particularly the last hour of this movie, elevates it to a beyond your typical Marvel movie. Wow. That's what I'm hearing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um. Go ahead. Sorry. No. What are you gonna say? Well, I mean, listen, the, the nerds online, the, the folk that have a little bit of um, notoriety, like uh, Andre, the black nerd, uh, we saw him in I, – I saw him uh, in suit and tie. I mean, he's out there. Um, some of these people, like, they, couldn't, they couldn't even like they – couldn't, they couldn't even give you – they were so emotional about what they saw. 
I don't think it's a, I don't think it's bad. I think you're going by one clip that is really they're not going to show you like the most perfect clip where the movie really isn't out yet. I mean, this is still you know it's not out major release, and I, I I'm not really worried about. I mean, I'm just not, I'm curious. I, just, I think you're over you're overanalyzing it right now. I'm I'm <laughs> just I'm all I'm doing is give you my opinion of what I saw in that. I'm not saying the movie's bad. I'm just saying that clip, those that CGI was subpar. Well, you might see that, that kind of stuff because of of, of yeah. you know sometimes up to the last minute they make these improvements, literally. But go ahead. Yeah, but here's the thing. I don't go by the fan. I don't go by the fanboys. You know because they praise everything. You got to convince people like me. Look, the majority of people, the overwhelming majority of people who are going to see this movie, I can guarantee you, maybe a year ago, they didn't even know what Black Panther was. That's They're true. caught that's up in true. the hype. They want to go see that's it, true. right? So, yep. and, and that's true for any comic book movie. You got to get the masses. If if comic book movies only appeal to people who really read comic books, they'll all be flops because there's not enough yep. people in there to see them. Right, so you, so I'm not going by what the fanboy. They'll they'll love everything. You know what? I really like that trailer for Ant Man and Wasp. Yeah, I, I like it that. too. Actually. Yeah, and I yeah, go like, hey, I like that movie. I like that. It's it's tongue in cheek. It makes fun of itself. There's nothing dramatic and serious about it. No brooding. It's like okay, this is like stupid, and you know we know that you know this is stupid, so we're gonna go with it. I'm dying to see that picture. This is gonna be like a lot of fun. I, I caution once again. I think people' expectations about Black Panther. I I'm really I'm really struggling to think of a movie that has had. This much anticipation. Maybe Django Unchained, maybe, but even not on that level. Wonder Woman? So, so, Wonder Woman? Uh, mm. no, not even Wonder Woman. Not even Wonder Woman. So I'm afraid that a lot of people who are going to go see this picture are going to come out saying, uh, what was the big deal about? Hmm. Uh, that's what I'm afraid of. Uh, now you know I'm doing this podcast, and you know we had to do. I had to do a segment with this guy, who basically thinks he knows everything there is to know about Black Panther, and he went into this whole diatribe. He was really going into the weeds, and I had to caution him. I said, "Look, a 15-year-old kid doesn't care if Black Panther is revolutionary or if you are go evolutionary." That was his big beef. All he, all fifteen-year kid knows is that I never seen anything like that before. That's all he cares about. You know. Well, now I can guarantee you, this guy is not going to be happy with the movie because he's going to point out every single flaw that wasn't in the particular comic book or this particular issue or this particular series, and I can see it coming. Right? Well, yeah. that, that's something. Well, that's something you can expect for just about any adaptation. Whether it's on TV or in the movies, I'm not really worried about that. I'm just concerned about making making the making the money, getting our imagery up, uh, getting different imagery out there. It was even noted, I think, uh, Lupita Nyong'o had said that she was just impressed that you had the the diversity of black folks coming from all over the world, even involved in the film. That the film has a lot of implications, just just culturally. My thing is. Is that we need we need to move? This was thankfully was mentioned 
at the uh, Schomburg Festival a few weeks ago, we must be very conscious that, yes, it looks like it's going to attract to make a lot of money. There's been Deadpool comparisons. That it might be tracking better than Deadpool. That that is, as much of, as much of a phenomena that Deadpool was, uh, mm. they didn't have viewing parties connected to it. HBCU viewing parties and black carpet, not red carpet, black carpet events. I mean, black folks are going to show their butts on this. Okay, you know, but, but, but they, here's the thing. Here's the question I want to ask you, and this is the question I threw out. What happens after this? Because I have I can I can name you movies and other TV shows yes, where people is. have said in the past, oh my God, it have been successes, who said, oh my God, after this everything has changed. It'll never be it never go back the way it was, and it went back to the way it was. So how much of this is really real, and how much of this is just a fad? People are on the on the Black Panther tip right now, and six months from now it'll be something else. Hey, look, well, don't forget. They're planning. They're already about in pre-production for a Superfly remake. Who no. in the hell wants to see a remake of Superfly? But you, your, you, your attitude you is said, like, well, it's black. People, pe- dumb, black people are dumb enough to go see anything with the word black in it. Well, listen, but, I, I, I'm not so sure if that's the case because now we're, we're also seeing that black folks want a little bit of complexity. They want something that's not so uh, expected as far as a genre. I mean, we're talking about science fiction. Um, we know that Erica Alexander, who I've mentioned countless times from the Cosby show and from Living Single, that when uh, she and her husband would pitch this dystopic, you know, talking about co- Concrete Park, the graphic novel, this multiracial dystopic, dystopic uh, sci-fi artwork that, you know, white folks said they don't, they don't believe white, black folks into this kind of thing. Now you're seeing J.K. Rowling, she has responded on Twitter a number of times regarding to some kind of diversity and blackness interjected into the Potterverse. I mean, I can go through different things now where it's becoming more pronounced that people of color... I mean, matter of fact, I, I do remember seeing this, too. As limited as what people can say about Black Panther, people are saying now, because of this film, it looks like the, the excuses are going to wear thin uh, from the, the corporates that they're going to have to explore this kind of stuff now. For some reason... We'll see for we'll see for ourselves in a few weeks, but I've been hearing that th- what this film does, like it's like a kind of a black James Bond that that's been thrown out there now. That is kind of a black James Bond. There's a lot of stuff coming out, implications coming out of this film, where uh, in order for in order for cinema to be successful, they're going to have to explore diversity in a far more entrenched way. It may not be business as usual. I don't know. Uh, uh, Serge, I don't know, but that's what I—that's the talk that's out there now. I can tell you. I'm going to make people. the bold prediction. <laughs> what? Six-year run. If this movie does well, then they reel it back. All right. That's what I think is going to happen. I have spoken. <laughs> well, you know, I, but see, I, you I, brought, I brought up what Sergio was saying on a show maybe two, three weeks ago, where we saw. Uh, uh, Movies like Waiting to Exhale, and it went away. We saw X, and that went away. We saw Blade, that went away. So I think Serge is on to something, to be honest. Yeah, but we're also, listen, we're also in a different place. And back then, you didn't have social media. You didn't have all these, these, these people, these, this, this new generation that seems to be far more um, involved or passionate. They, they got, they, they're a different generation. 
they, they might be a little bit more in your face about what they want and well, maybe as more I vocal. Told someone, as I told someone today, things, this may be facetious, but I know things have really changed when black radio changes. You know, I mean, as long as you got Charlemagne the God, thank God we don't have him here in Chicago. As long as you got morons like Charlemagne the God, you know, spewing his ignorance every day, and other similarly got people like him, you know, what's going to change? I mean, who? First of all, who listens to black radio anymore? But you know, they still want to promote. You would think that that model is so outdated. That kind of radio that it would have changed a long time ago, but they're still perpetrating it. So you know, is there still an audience for that kind of nonsense? Well, that's 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 what is that issue? What is that, what is that issue is that you do have kind of a fractured media uh, landscape, and you have all kinds of ways that people are getting their media. You have streaming services. You have streaming services that you really didn't have during the times that um, Keystone was referencing. I mean, you know, we are we are in a different place i mean literally um you know before they were they were reluctant to to count dvr statistics i mean now they have to i think they're even counting uh youtube scores i mean they're they're kind of acclimating to where we are right now i mean people looking at media through their phones and through their tablets so i mean the the excuses to wearing fit my concern is that black folks are going to have to figure out a way to catapult other things based on this white corporation uh, giving you black themed product that you, you should be able, be able to have both black themed product and black owned product. You know, uh, uh-huh. matter of fact, I, I'll say this one thing: Jay Z and we didn't get a chance to talk about it. Unfortunately, you got twenty minutes remaining. You know, there's a whole thing about Jay Z and his interview with Van Jones and how our dumb dumb president responded to Jay Z's. Why are you looking at CNN and what a, a rapper thinks? Anyway, um, Jay-Z did say something uh, about black, black – what did he say? He said something that I thought was very interesting that's something we may have to start, start considering about how, how black people do business. I mean even though he really is kind of barely, barely literate, he did say something that I think <laughs> we, – well, I mean to be honest, we, we, well, he, he was. I mean he was. But I, I think that um, – at, at the end of the day, oh, yeah, now I remember what he said. He brought up the Donald Sterling thing. He was talking about Donald Trump, but he also mentioned Donald Sterling and the Clippers. And he said what I had said at the time, that black, that black people were, were outraged, and we ended up seeing Sterling lose the Clippers. But he was inadvertently rewarded with a billion-dollar takedown from that he had invested in the 80s i don't know maybe 10 or 15 million or something to that effect for that team and he ended up getting a cool billion 25 years later that's not punishment you can't punish somebody he had this is jay-z had said that maybe we should have let him keep his team and then work some stuff out like i thought there should have been maybe some minority ownership there should have been something going on where we should have been able to make him pay and pay black people specifically. But what you did was, as usual, he got some kind of black VP, so you get some kind of black fop to kind of you know, make, to make it appear something's going on. You get a black guy as a face. He, can, he gets a check cut 
and then black people just quiet down. Now, with Black Panther, what I look at that is, okay, white folks at Disney are going to get paid. The merchandise is mm-hmm. going to go, uh, going to be uh, above, over the roof, or pierced through the roof. All this money is going to be raining down, but not towards your black ass. Now, right. Until for, 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 for Black Panther 2, right, for Black Panther 2, my understanding is this wasn't even filmed in Africa. It was filmed in Korea and in Atlanta. Okay, there should have been some inroads yeah. with black, maybe maybe Nollywood. What when when um when Bruce Lee was famously dissed by Hollywood, he became an international star via uh the Hong Kong cinema, right? So when you looked at Enter the Dragon, Enter the, Enter the Dragon ended up being a co-production between I believe Warner Brothers and. Hong Kong, uh, Hong Kong film companies. Where is that kind of respect for black people? Black black folks don't have uh, uh, black Americans don't really have a, a, a black like the Hong Kong like the, the Chinese people had. We don't have that kind of infrastructural equivalent where you do some kind of real production work. If this is going to be even if this is going to be a pseudo African thing, why wasn't Nollywood given that respect? The way that Hong Kong was forty years ago. So well, if, if we go, your so for, so hold on. So for so for the second one, if black people were smart, they would figure out a way. So you know what? We're gonna have to figure out a way to get black folks involved in this thing monetarily. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if black folks are gonna go there. Well, well, first of all, in terms of shooting in Atlanta, Marvel shoots most of their films in Atlanta. That's why they got a big studio there. It's cheap to shoot in Georgia. Also, Australia. I think Thor Renegog was shot in Atlanta in Australia because Marvel has a studio in Australia, too. It's cheaper to shoot there. Yeah, it, it, I don't think there's, I, there's probably not a single scene in that movie that's shot anywhere in Africa. That's been uh, confirmed, yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's, and but that's as, common. That's you know, as a matter of fact, give me some time, I can see exactly where the film was shot. But um, oh, uh, it could have been shot in Argentina. You know, films are shot everywhere now. Uh, the other thing I wanted to say was that um, um, the point that you made, that once keep in mind, remember that this is still always a Disney Marvel movie. You're not getting any of the money. You know, you can dress in any kind of African clothes you want. You go see the movie and everything. You're not getting a cent from the movie. Yeah, but but listen, they didn't pull that crap with some of these other films that deal with with a cultural component. When you did Enter the Dragon, which was uh, he was going Bruce Lee, one of my heroes, was going to some kind of exotic uh, Asian island. Uh, they respectfully had Hong Kong involved with that, along with mm-hmm. Hollywood. So it's not beyond the realm. They, they they seem to be able to do it with everybody else, but not the black people. And if anything, I would have expected some kind of exterior shots in Africa versus Argentina. But I think um, Bison is correct that it was like South America to get like the jungle aspect. Like, oh, say, so you can go down to South America, but you can't go to South Africa. Come yeah, on, man. Uh, the it, movie was shot be... right. The movie was shot in uh, really mainly North Korea, South Korea. That's where yes, mainly uh, most of the film was shot. Well, that's, that's in South the point. Korea. That, that's uh, the point. Pinewood Studios, well, Atlanta, Georgia, and he did some shooting for some scenes in Argentina. Uh, well, but other than that, yeah, it was, but that's 
that's that's the point. That's the point. You have to be able to leverage this stuff. And, and black folks are afraid to leverage. I mean, we, we can't continue doing this. I mean, we, we you know, they're not going to not going to. Other, other groups are able to figure out some way to get some of that money. You can't, you can't, uh, you can't weigh in on black culture. Black culture comes at a price. We're just not charging anybody for it. But deeper, we, we, we don't own. We don't. You're gonna have to have an infrastructure to go against Disney to make that claim. I mean, right. Nollywood. From what I've read, Nollywood is a lot of people with goddamn iPhones and you know whatever. You know, making films in like two days. I mean, I know I'm oversimplifying, so I'm, you know, forgive mm-hmm. me for Nollywood well, fans no, not really. saying that. <laughs> um, I don't think so. I man. mean, it's easy. To, it's easy. Not to really. Third that. biggest. The third biggest film export company in the world. It is. Yeah, but everything is DVDs and that sort of thing. Bootleg. Listen, I mean, those you know, Nigerians. Wants, those Nigerians know business. They don't have that no same. Arg- they don't say no that. Ha- they don't. They don't. They don't have that same slave fear that we do. Let's be one hundred. This, Diva, this, this is what I'm saying. This, you, you're talking in the abstract. I'm talking reality. So, you know, let's say I think you get it on the inside in Disney, and somebody said, "Okay, give me a company. You know, make sure they have at least ninety-five to a hundred million dollars in equity, and make sure they have maybe one to two billion dollars in insurance coverage, and we want to do X, Y, and Z." And then, you know, I'm just, I'm being devil's advocate. I agree with what you're saying. But just saying, you know, we got to have a, 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 stop having a slave mindset. We also got to have an infrastructure to push back on. Right. And a lot of us yep. do not. I mean, the largest people crap on Tyler Perry, but he has a studio down in Atlanta. Exactly. You see Fort exactly. McPherson. Yep. Fort, yep. Fort I was thinking. Well, he had a studio. He sold well, it. I, can I? I just want to piggyback off, off of what Bison said. I think he's 100% correct. Uh, Deeper, you got let just enjoy Black Panther. Stop trying to make money off of it because it doesn't belong to you. Just enjoy no, it. That, that's and not all what the I'm energy. Saying. Wait, wait, wait! All the energy you keep telling us, Trump, because of Trump, we got to pull it together. We got to okay. Leave Black Panther be. Enjoy it. That's theirs, not yours. And like Bison said, we got to build it up ourselves. Listen. It's simple. I don't think I don't, I don't think I I don't think I I don't think I said something different than that. All I'm saying is is that because I was very clear, I'm aware that uh that this is a Disney product and that if anything we should use it as a catapult to do some other things. Um listen, even How with we what use I'm it if doing, we don't own it. Not, do you know the term catapult? Catapult means for instance, um we see that whether it's Collider, Nerdist, everybody else has their own individual infrastructures, even in the nerd space, based on the popularity of these products. Black folks don't even have that. I mean, Jamie Broadnax is on kind of working her way in the system a little better than the rest of us, but there are still, I'm, I'm just saying, on a rudimentary level, yours truly included, there's no excuse not to be inspired by Black Panther. Like, but in other words, what I'm saying is, I'm going to be very clear. If you want these films to work, we want to have more genre films outside of uh, rom-coms and, and Tiffany Haddish nonsense. If you want to go beyond that, you're going to have to have other people to bolster this stuff. 
We can't just sit back and say, oh, well, you know, we just wait for these films to be made. You know, because John Campier, Collider, all these other things, there are other things going on that are ancillary to the nerd culture. Well, guess what? We have a blurred culture. We have conventions now. There's, there's a whole infrastructure we're actually, that's actually happening. You know, even, we're, we're much further ahead now. We have blurred con. We didn't have this stuff before. So what I'm saying is we've got to be able to double down. I've got I to gotta be able to help uh, um, uh, J- Joseph Illich with his product line. I gotta be able to help Russell Hudland with Milestone. But that's great. Back, but, that's, that's all I'm but, saying. But, all I'm saying. But that's not Black Panther, that's though. Black, you, that's not. I, I, you're saying I, what we're saying. Am I? Am I? Am I? What? Am I? Am I speaking Mandarin? Uh, you, you know, you're saying. You, what I heard you say was we need to we need to capitalize off of Black Panther, and I right. think Bison has said and Captain has said. That's not ours to capitalize off of, and you just went down a litany of lists of things that we should be, that don't belong to Disney. Captain, so we agree with you, I think. AQ, I think what he's saying is there's ancillary business to be made off of Thank Black you. Panther. Thank you. You know, regards to like production or catering or whatever ancillary. You know, one thing I just found out, guess who owns Collider? Complex. I didn't know that. Ooh, Really? Really? Yeah, and um, Nerdist is owned by Legendary, and who owns Legendary? Warner Brothers. But I'm pretty sure that who's the guy that that's uh, that that runs Nerdist, the act, the actor. Hard, He's the face Hardwick? of it. Uh, what's the, Chris Har- Hardwick? Yeah, Hardwick. Hardwick. Chris, yeah, Chris Hardwick. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure Chris Hardwick has some kind of partial ownership of the Nerdist. Like he approached them. Some way, you know, he's getting money, but he's the face of it. But I think I bet you he's got some percentage, but he, he but he probably gave up some of that to get the infrastructure that he needed through these companies. Now, because black folks aren't 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 uh, we're not considered or we're not thought of in this space. Like, there's got to be the black version of Chris Hardwick to 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 bolster a a a black film sci-fi fantasy movement we can't because right now there, there's no there's nobody really standing out the way that, that that needs to be done in order the blurred culture has to have its own internal workings the way that nerd culture works but the problem is that there's this belief that black folks aren't into this that black folks aren't smart that we don't have you know the neil degrassi tysons and some of these people could probably get a lot of this stuff done abc but they're not thinking that way they get absorbed into the main White infrastructure, and we don't we don't have a we don't have a black space for it. That's you my. Know, I, I wanna, Q, I, you know, Q worked for BET. I think he got some stories to tell on those type of things. Well, yeah, <laughs> your, your own people will shut you down. Listen, when, when Reg, I'm going to get Reginald Hudlin in it, so he can because he's 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 been in the space. He was what the VP of Entertainment at BET a few years ago. He couldn't he couldn't even get his the Black Panther cartoon. On BET, it was shown somewhere in Australia, because you know the, the black smart nerdy culture is separate from everything else. Now, nerd culture is a multi-billion-dollar industry. If you're going to have a black spin or nerd culture, there's got to be an infrastructure to bolster this stuff. Why isn't? There? Well, I think 
I think we're seeing that, aren't we? I mean, you you just came from um, Schaumburg. I mean, I think we're we're starting to see that. We we see. Yeah, I've seen look, a lot more in my lifetime. A lot more black product out there. That's true. And and think and again, it's a it's a slow working machine. When John uh, Jennings was on our show, he had said this is the first year that Lexus and Marvel approached him. For the for the Schomburg. so you're getting sponsorship. The same thing when I had uh, um, uh, the young lady from from Afropunk when she was on a few years ago. She was just starting to get the sponsorship, but the, the, it's always slow a slow crawl because white folks don't believe that black people are into this stuff. It's always a struggle. I think they, universal. Go ahead, go ahead. I think that I think that Universal Fan Con is going to be a game changer. I think that might be the thing you need to get your wagon to and see what kind of springs out of that. But one thing I know how white folks do, they're going to pluck several people off into yeah. their larger spaces. And like during the civil rights movement, they're going to do, remember that movie, they said, people got jobs. Well, people are going to get jobs into the, in the larger space. And then what happens? Um, you know, we quick to sell, as you see in New York, when blacks had those brownstones in Brooklyn once upon a time, you can get it for next to nothing now. They want what three, four million dollars a piece. Absolutely. So I, I, I think Universal Fan Con is going to be the game changer. I wish I can go, but I just got something that weekend. I just can't make it. But I think that's going to be the game changer. You might want to get your wagon. To. Well, well, listen. We have you have Ekbok. I mean, you have a, you have a number of these these spaces, but we've got to double down. We've got to be emphasize more of our own product. You know, you have these independent guys. Um, they got to be absorbed into the system, and we got to be able to make black folks kind of hold on to this stuff instead of, instead of doing what you just said, which is what we always do. We, we're so quick to get that check, and then there's no infrastructure to kind of it, there's no infrastructure to actually help your people out. When I think of so, I have to re- reference Neil deGrasse Tyson. Who's the other cat that does the the video, um, the video YouTube show? I'm always uh, M- Marcus Brownlee. Mar- Marquez Brownlee. I don't know where he's probably what six or seven million subscribers now, maybe more than that. You know, they they end up being lone wolves that get paid by for the benefit of white corporate structure. Someone like Neil deGrasse Tyson or or even that young man, they could pretty much bolster a black blurred movement on their own. They can actually they can they have enough um enough notoriety to, but they not, they, they don't know if they, I don't know if they're aware of that or I don't know if they that, that that conscious I don't know. But Neil deGrasse Tyson, he remains to the benefit of 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 white science. And instead of putting a black spin and creating a a, a black enculturated thing, he ends up being kind of a lone wolf. And there are a number of lone wolves. That, that I'm tired of that. We got to struggle. I mean, don't you think that's a problem? Huh? I, I, I guess it. I guess my a, a foundational question is: What would you want Tyson to do? I mean, he's host. He hosts Cosmos. So you're saying that that's part of the white corporate structure, and he shouldn't do that, or he should? No, I'm not, not saying that he shouldn't do it. But I'm saying that he he could also kind of create a a cottage a cottage offshoot because we've seen this like okay you see someone like um, Pharrell Williams Pharrell Williams has uh, kind of a YouTube channel and a kind of a side thing called uh, the I think it's called the other 
and it's it, 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 it's it's basically a blurred thing. You know, he, he it's his, his side brand, but um, I don't know how full throttle he has gone with it. But you had just because you are in business with some, with other people doesn't mean you can't have your own cottage thing. It's like um, uh, Stevie Wonder had Tambla Records. You know, he still was with Motown, but then you get your own thing, and then Tambla becomes its own thing. Prince had was with Warner Brothers, but then he had Paisley Park. There's nothing stopping Neil deGrasse Tyson doing something. Not that I don't know. He maybe is doing this. But I would like to see that he's from the Bronx. Uh, he, he ta- he's squarely a black man. I, I know he, he doesn't have, like, this kind of weird uh, ethno thing going on. But I don't know if, if many of our people are so comfortable in collecting checks as opposed to actually starting a goddamn infrastructure. And a black astrophysicist would be the perfect person to kind of – instead of just talking about Spider-Man, you should be in on that Black Panther thing too. A he, he, person like that could probably approach Marvel and set up Marvel's own black blurred wing, but it's never going to happen. We don't think that way. Spanish people, think- uh, uh, Hispanic people, you see that going on all the time. There are Hispanic sub-brands all the time. I don't see black sub-brands. I'm just saying. I think first we have we have to approach the uh, existing African American owned broadcast companies That's to maybe too. invest in this sort of thing. I just don't. I think when you go to them, the first thing they're going to say is X Y Z doesn't sell. I'm sure Sergio and maybe even um, Q Storm have had some dealings in regards to independent film work or film work, and they're going to tell you X Y Z doesn't sell. Um, I, I, I've heard of that, you know, uh, many times. I'm not being Debbie Downer. I'm just, I'm just stating the obvious. Listen, um, those guys can be just build, as bad do you as. Build, do you, do you build it up, or do you go to something existing and try to, try to mutate it from within? I mean, it's well, easy to say we, start your own studio, but you know, that's we're like not going to, you know, start your own. We're, we're not going to get any traction until you do some kind of rudimentary thing and it blows up. You know what I mean? That's when they start paying attention to you. But black folks are a little too caught up. Like, like uh, we were talking. We got. We're gonna go a few minutes over into the podcast. We're gonna go um, out of the live thing for a moment, like five minutes, and then we'll shut things down. When you saw Monique begging for a check, you know, uh, <laughs> you know she ain't you know, never gonna. They ain't never gonna let her live that down. <laughs> well, because 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 it's listen. I told you, uh, you know, again, uh, Harry Harry calves. Brolic attitude. Did you say okay. Harry Cavs? Yeah, Harry Cavs. What's up with the majors, well, though? What's up with the majors? Well, yeah, you, know, you, know, great <laughs> you know what I mean? Doesn't know how to get a touch up. They, they, you know, come on now. Let's keep it 100. <laughs> you know, she knows, she knows how. She knows, probably has a familiarity with greasy greasy foods and stuff. We know what's going on. Oh, man. Right? <laughs> Listen, we, we, is, I'm t- Hold on. What I'm saying is, we heard we heard that the good white folks at Netflix offered her upwards of three million dollars. She's still talking about a 15 year old Oscar. If she had done what they said, now with three million, three million, three million is seed money for an infrastructure. Okay, but but she's too dumb, and now she said, okay, f you. It's now down to five hundred thousand. That's what happened. <laughs> she she out she outsmarted herself out of some guac, and she does it repeatedly. 
I'm not. I like Netflix. I like Netflix. I'm not going to. I'm not going to boycott her for nothing. I'm not boycotting Netflix. Hell no. Well, well, Deaver, I guess you didn't hear that letter that Will Packer wrote. The producer, he's versus, he's you know, the black producer has done all these. He puts black... people on. He puts people right. on. And 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 he wrote a he wrote a very angry letter to Monique, basically calling her out. She was one of his movies almost Christmas last year, right. and she was a monster to work with. And mm-hmm. he talked about in the letter how she berated the cast, the crew. Even people trying to help her. That's one of the points he made in the letter. He says, why do you go against people who tried to help you, trying to tell you, you do this, do that, you know, we're trying to help you. She goes out against them. Her career is over, over. It's finished. You know, she can get maybe, you know, she's playing comedy clubs that are even halfway full. Dave Chappelle can fill out arenas. I can go to 125th Street. And see some big brolic woman bellowing to traffic. <laughs> Damn! And, 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 and be better and be better entertained than this woman. Nobody wants. Nobody wants to see that. I don't want. To, I'm not going to pay money for that. Yeah, but, but no, she's a hypocrite because she's talking about how how she supports black women, but her humor was based on degrading black women, skinny bitches. Everything was oh, she said bitch more times than a rapper. And I mean, and it's it's now she's turned around. It's like all these women are now turning against me. I want to support women. She's got a lot of issues, and that husband of hers. Uh, and yeah, I think he's part of the problem. The, 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 the who's her manager? Boy, yeah, he's helping her a lot. He's happy to have a warm place to sleep. Yeah, and, and, and by the way, Packer also said in the letter that her husband is also 50% of the deal, why she's in where she's in right now. He's no fun to deal with. They, they went through a litany of like, I don't know, five to ten different businesses that she has definitely burned bridges from. I mean, come on, ten? More like, than ten, that. Well, I'm, I'm lowballing. Oprah, yeah. uh, 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 Will Packer. Um, uh, I think legendary pictures. I mean, he went through a whole bunch of a whole bunch of things. You, everybody can't be. It's either you or fifteen businesses. Which one do you think it is? I would I would advise you to go to YouTube. It was disturbing and uncomfortable. Go to YouTube and l- listen to the latest uh, interview she did with um, on the Tom Joyner show. And I think oh, Joe Tory, you know Guy Tory's little brother, Joe Tory was on there. Joe Tory was just as nice. And respectful, and she every five seconds she says, "Well, baby, well, baby," and she, she uses "baby." I know, like Cornell West uses "brother," which means <laughs> both of them are "fos." Okay, I know that that whole "baby" thing is is meant to be kind of a, a stab. Well, baby, well, baby, she has this this low, kiss my ass kind of way of Chitlin and Green's talk that. Most black folks aren't going to go for. You got those white folks gave you three million dollars and they told you f you is now five hundred thousand. Get out of here. Three, three million is enough to start an infrastructure. And she blew that. She blew it. Come on. I'm not going. No one's going to pay to see that. Uh-huh. Tiffany Haddish is is the new Monique. Let's move along. Well, at least you can actually look at her. I'm sure she shaves her legs. Probably. 
Listen, Monique is a handsome, would you call a handsome woman? She's a handsome cab. Okay. Anyway. That's not right, man. That's not right. Don't let me. T- and the baby hit the bottom of she looks attractive. You better, you better have a dime on your, on your arm when I see you, bro. Because you're talking a lot of smack about Monique. Bro. Oh, please. Yep. I've seen some of them. I've seen some of them hooves in, in the Bronx and Queens. So. <laughs> oh, this thing got okay. You doing the dozens now? The dozens? Everybody duck. You understand? Go to the bunker. I dealt with a few. Oh, well, you guys, you guys in rare form tonight. I'm telling you. All right, all right. Listen, listen. We we go a place where we don't want to go with this show. Okay. If I relax. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> I may I may have to do an Afro nerd at the nar- at the dark. It's gonna be all over there. Okay. It'll be all over. Brandon, oh, Brandon, Brandon be go, finished. Go, go easy. Go easy, man. <laughs> Listen, oh, I, 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 let's, let's you know, wrap it up, d man. Okay, we didn't, we didn't talk about the gay barbershop thing. I was about we, to. We don't, we don't. We gotta let it go. We didn't really want to talk about it anyway, but we have to talk about. Yeah, we let it go. Very smart brothers or all those guys. God, what happened to that fight? Neo Nigarati. Neo Nigarati. There's so many of you like. That's exactly what happened. That infrastructure, black folks like to do. Neo Nigarati check. Okay, blurs you don't like blurs, but you love neo Nigarati. Anyway, <laughs> they flew all the top blurs out for that Black Panther premiere, man. Like everybody was out there, except Roxanne Gay, but I won't go into that. Well, yeah, we won't go, we won't go into that. Ooh. Handsome, handsome cat, <laughs> handsome cat. <laughs> they couldn't find an AC big enough for her. <laughs> no, let's shut it down, man. Okay. Let's shut this down, D. Burke. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Uh, gentlemen, as always, continue supporting. Patreon is coming. Bison has get, got to me. Under two weeks, we expect some, some support. Help out our media operation. Anyway, this is a good song here. Two minutes. Reinvent, your, reinvent yourself. This is a shout-out to Monique. Reinvent yourself. <laughs> Kiefer. Kiefer. Sunday. <laughs> Thank you. 
Thank you.